0: I'm just going to begin with, um, with reading the scripture. This is uh, from John, John 1, uh, verse 1. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to John 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. <laughs> New Testament. <laughs> this, is, this is a passage in it, and it speaks of who Jesus is, what he, what he, who he is, like a revelation of who he is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's Jesus. Incredible way. I don't know if if many of you remember all the way back to summer. It might not have been last summer. It might have been a summer when you were growing up, like the golden summer of your memories, and those summers where you take your shoes off and you basically don't put your shoes on again until wintertime. Do you remember those kinds of summers? It might have, You might have been at a music festival or a camp or something like that, and you wear bare feet the whole time. Uh, and now imagine, like you go back into that memory. Imagine you're there you're with your friends. Now, um, just remember, imagine like um, washing your feet, Washing your friend's bare feet after all that outdoor time. Like, sort of remember your feet. They were probably pretty dirty. And your friend's feet were probably pretty dirty. Now, just imagine yourself getting down on your hands and knees and washing your friend's feet, washing all that dirt off their feet. And, okay, keep going with this imagination because this is, uh, this is fun. Uh you might have been at a um you might be at a music festival. Like who's been at a who's been at a music festival, an outdoor music festival? Yeah, a few of you. I'm sure that quite a few of you have. And um you're at this music festival, and then the, the person who's up on the stage, like there's this rock star who everybody's like, Oh my goodness. I don't know who it is in, in your imagination. <clears throat> But they're rock stars up on the stage. Everyone's come to see them. And all of a sudden, the rock star, in my imagination, the rock star's got a guitar. Because, yeah, I like guitars. So they put their guitar down. They drop the mic. And then all of a sudden, they're down on their hands and knees, washing the feet of the other people in the band. And now, like, keep going with this imagination. The whole band puts down their instruments. And they leap off the stage. And all of a sudden, they're washing the feet, getting it on their hands and knees and washing the feet of everybody at that music festival. Washing all that dirt off, washing all that grime off. It's like, wow, a rock star wouldn't do that, eh? But this is where we're going today, because this is what Jesus did. In the week before his death and his resurrection, uh, the Bible is packed with, uh, with, with teachings and what Jesus did. He taught his disciples a lot, and a lot of the Gospels are devoted to this week, a Passion Week or Holy Week. It's sometimes called. Like in John, it begins with and begins in John twelve with a, with a triumph triumphal entry, Jesus entering the gates of Jerusalem, and then and uh, and like seven chapters later in John nineteen, we had the crucifixion of Jesus. So you got seven chapters. My maths is right. Packed into this week, Jesus is. I love Jesus so much. He's he's the word he's the word worker. Someone once called him the word worker because he he practiced what he preached. Well, often he did it the other way around. He he practiced it. He did the stuff. And then then he taught about it. He practiced what he preached. And here's one of the things that happens in this week, this holy week. It happens on the Thursday night. And actually, I learned during the week what Mundi, is it Mundi? Mundi Thursday? I learned what Mundi week means. It's like washing. Some of you might know that already. It's a foot washing, foot washing day. So Thursday before, uh, before Easter, the day before Easter, John 13, 1 to 5. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it round his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Incredible. 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 Keeping in mind, like who, who Jesus is, the creator of the world. And so much is in there in those, uh, in those verses, eh. God the Father had already put all things into his hands, and here he is, getting down on his hands and knees, washing the feet, washing the feet of his disciples. Including Judas. So this morning, I'm just really going to focus on on feet. And if we go back a few chapters, or actually we go back a few days, sorry, in the story, it's actually only one chapter. In John, if we go back to John 12, we see someone else washing feet, and this time it's it's Mary. Last week, I spoke about um, Mary Magdalene, uh, the woman who uh, del- Jesus delivered her of seven demons. And she was the first person that the resurrected Jesus revealed himself to. But this is a different Mary. This is Mary who, uh, whose sister's name is, is Martha, and whose brother is named Lazarus. So this is a, a few days uh, earlier before Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday. Monday Thursday. John twelve, verse one, it says, six days before the fast before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave so they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Again, like this incredible scene, Judas got really upset with it. He got really upset that this expensive expensive nard was used to uh, wash the feet of Jesus. What a waste of money, he said. But Jesus acknowledges it. He goes, this, this woman, she's done a beautiful thing. Mary. Okay, we go back, going back, another chapter. <clears throat> so Lazarus, in the story we just read, this is Lazarus who, who was, who'd been raised from the dead. He was back from the dead. He was dead and now he's alive and Jesus is having dinner with him. And if we go back, go back another chapter to John 11, this is the story where, where, Lazarus, where Lazarus died. And it's, I'm just going to read like one, one verse from here. Lazarus has died and, and Jesus, has, uh, Jesus has arrived and um, Mary, Lazarus' sister, and Martha, they are upset. Their brother has died. So Jesus arrives and it says, this is John 11. So we're just going back another chapter. John 11, verse 28. It says, now when, when, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then Jesus sees her. He he feels her. He feels he feels he feels what she's feeling. He feels compassion. And and then there's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus Jesus wept. But Mary fell at his feet. And then, of course, you know uh, you know you would have picked up that then Jesus goes and he raises Lazarus from the dead. But if we go back a little bit further in the story, Mary, she's so fascinating, this Mary. Mary, Lazarus' sister and Martha's sister. We go back a little bit further in the story. This is uh, now turning over to Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And Jesus, he's hanging out with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And I'll reading read you what it says. This is 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. With Mary, we see this incredible progression. Begins with sitting at the feet of Jesus, simply sitting at his feet. But we see her here, like, focused on what Jesus is saying, listening to him, absorbed by him, absorbing everything he had to say. And the story, like, you might have heard it before, and often we, we, sort, of, we sort of focus or we, we sort of highlight the contrast with, with Martha. Poor Martha. We criticize her a lot, don't we? Don't be like Martha. Martha was distracted. This is what he says. But Martha was distracted with much serving. But we see this contrast with with Mary, like Martha's distracted, Mary's focused, just sitting there, but like focused on on Jesus, sitting there. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then in the stories we just looked at, then we see Mary falling at the feet of Jesus uh, at the death of her brother. Falling at the feet. So first of all, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Next, she's falling at the feet of Jesus. And then we see, like Lazarus is raised from the dead, and we see um, Mary anointing the feet of Jesus, washing the feet of Jesus with her, with her hair and the, and, the, uh, and the nard. Like responding to what Jesus did, like raised her brother from the dead. She's so grateful. It's special sure she knows. She knows something about who he is. She's recognizing something about who Jesus is. In Romans 10, 15, the Apostle Paul writes, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Do you think maybe Mary realised that Jesus had beautiful feet? And Paul was quoting from Isaiah, Isaiah 52, 7, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness. Who publishes Salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. It's like there's something about Jesus' feet that Mary recognizes that his feet are beautiful. He brings good news. He is good news. And she she sees it, and I don't know if any of the others see it in quite the same way as Mary. But then we'll, let's go back to the beginning of the beginning, where I be, uh, where I started this morning. The Word of God, Jesus, is the Word of God, the one through whom all things were created, the one who has been with God and has been with God since the very, very beginning. This is the one. You know, He's the light in the darkness, and the and the darkness cannot overcome Him. This is the one who who takes off his takes off his shirt and wraps a towel around his waist and gets down on down on his hands and, hands and knees in front of his followers, in front of his disciples. And, you know, I've, I've seen pictures of the disciples and they, they wore sandals, Roman sandals. You might have seen those pictures too. they drawings. Did they wear Roman sandals? Maybe not. Jewish sandals. But he gets on his hands and knees and he washes their feet. This is, like we talk a lot about servant leaders, servant leaders. And he is the ultimate servant leader. The leader who gets down on his knees and and he serves his followers, he is the he is the word worker. He practices what he preaches, and then so he so then he then he instructs them. He gives them instructions. So if we continue on that story, so if you I don't know if you if you've actually got a Bible here, but the, you're jumping around all over the place, and so now we're back to John thirteen, John thirteen, and we. Jesus has has washed the feet of his disciples and and he continues now, He, he teaches them. Verse 12, it says, when he had washed their feet and he'd put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you're right for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. What do you think? What do you think is going on here? What do you think he means? What do you think is happening Jesus, he, he's honoured his disciples. And he talks about it in here. He, he goes, I've made you clean. He's made them clean. He's made their feet physically clean. And it's, it's also as though he's, he's affirming them and uh, giving them his identity as gospel bearers. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet who bring good news. And it's like Jesus, he's, he's washing their feet. This is, what I, this is what I think anyway. He's washing their feet, going, you've got beautiful feet. You're bringing good news. You're going to bring good news. Following in the footsteps of Jesus, like following, in his, following Jesus means, means bringing good news. Bearing good news, being bearers of good news. And it's real interesting that he's doing this in advance. Of, of what happened last week, I talked about how they were all, all scattered. They all fled from him. He's doing this in advance of that, of his crucifixion. And that's not all, but it's like he washes the feet of Judas. <laughs> and he knows what Judas is going to do. Can you imagine that you've got a friend and you know that friend is going to betray you. You know that friend is going to do you harm. And yet you, you treat that friend with love. And you treat their friend just like you treat all the other friends. And you wash your feet, your, friend, your feet, your feet, your friend's feet. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's just mind boggling. Judas, who betrayed him to the Jewish authorities, who resulted in Jesus being crucified. And here's Jesus, like on his hands and knees in front of Judas. Serving in this way is utterly revolutionary. Jesus says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. In our world, this is not what we're taught. <laughs> this is not our culture. We're taught, we're taught and we're expected to do whatever we can to, to get ourselves ahead. Right? Uh, you know, <laughs> who plays that game at the supermarket and you look to where the shortest line is and you get in that line? And, and then, you, if, if you're like me, you get really grumpy when you see a slightly longer line over here going a bit quicker. So, like, we all try to get ahead. We all try to get, like, you know, what, what owes us, what we're owed. We, we hate the idea of getting ripped off. We've got to do what we can to get ahead. But Jesus, he goes, You've got to do what I've done. And, and Jesus, he, Jesus was like, he was looking for ways to serve. And this is what we've got to do. We've got to, we've got to seek. Oh, in our world, sorry, we, we seek to be served. Oh man, that restaurant we went to the other night was so good. The service was, ah, oh, far out. Logan Brown. Good service at Logan Brown. So good. <laughs> My mind goes in strange directions, doesn't it? But, it was really nice. It's really, really nice to be served. And we seek it, eh? We seek to be served. But Jesus, he's doing something else. And, and he turns, every, turns everything upside down rather than rather than seeking to be served. We seek to serve. Jesus is the example. Jesus is the king who sets the example. And he commands us to do the same. So, like I told a few people that I was speaking about, about feet this week. And they said, oh, so are we going to, we're going to wash each other's feet. <laughs> well, you can if you want. We can get some buckets out, there and we can wash each other's feet if you want. I don't think that um, that the story here is about literally washing each other's feet. Although that can be that could be a profound and really really moving thing to do. But what I, I think is more of a model. It's uh, rather than an action to imitate. It's like to go. What is Jesus doing? He's he's serving his his, his disciples. He's seeing what needs to be done, and he's serving them. And so instead. We can go, well, Jesus, Jesus modeled this, he's a servant leader, and he says, do do likewise. <laughs> it's a command, right? Do likewise. And so we can go, how can we serve each other? How can we serve each other? And Jesus, even after his resurrection, he continued doing the same thing. And if you jump forward into John 21, I'm not going to go there this morning, but John 21, we see Jesus like cooking fish, barbecuing fish on the beach for his disciples. He just continues serving. The Lord of the universe, finding ways to serve. I think it's incredible. We, we call this, what we do here, we have to call it a church service. Hey, do, you ever, do you ever think about how that name service? What else do you call a service? A church service, a funeral service maybe. <laughs> this is not a funeral service. It's a church service. And like you think oh well ultimately what is the service for well ultimately the service is for Jesus like to bring Jesus glory and what's the uh, what's the what's a great way to bring Jesus glory is well actually doing what he says <laughs> and following in his footsteps and so we have the service and it's a way of like an opportunity to like serve to serve one another and this is, a, again, like, this is a massive contrast, and, and there's a battle there that we all go through, because it's in, in contrast to the to con, the consumer mindset that we've grown up with and that we're actually completely surrounded by in every area of life outside. So, I mean, I've, uh, I've served in the worship team for years and years, I think since I was about 15, which was 100 years ago. And... Um, and so just an example from being in the worship team, like I've been a, I've, I'm, I've been a worship leader. And, and the worship leader, I think about the role of a worship leader. Like ultimately, the worship leader is there to, to worship Jesus. And, they, and the worship leader does this by your um, well, song and, and like setting our attention on the Lord. But, but through, through service, through serving, serving the congregation, through all of us, through serving the congregation to help us to worship. Jesus and song together, and then we have the worship band, like like Stu and and Matt and uh, Josh and Sean on the sort of the tech end of things, and um, and you're here also to worship Jesus, and and you serve the worship leader, and you serve the and you serve the others in the worship band, and you serve the congregation, and it's the same with the worship leader. The worship leader serves the serves the band and. And so there's like this mutual service going on, and it's not about one person going, "You got to do what I say, so that I get the attention and the glory." That's what the flesh wants, but that's not what it's about. It's like this opportunity to serve, and it's not even about. You know, like I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a musician. I love playing music, but really, this is not even an opportunity for uh, like satisfaction in playing music. But it's it's more than that. It's like about this the service for one another, and like it's a, in a weird way, like. Um, ultimately, like, worship leading is like getting down on the hands and, hands and knees and, like, washing the feet of, of each other in a, in a strange way. But in every era of church and of life, there are opportunities to serve. Every area, you can't escape it. When you have kids, there's even more ways to serve. Yes. <laughs> Get down on your hands and knees and wipe the bottom off your baby. You know? And as followers of Jesus, we must look. We must look. We must actively look for ways to serve. There's joy in this. Jesus commanded his followers to wash each other's feet, and so we had to take this seriously if we want, if we seriously want to be Jesus' followers. But you know, so take it seriously, but also joyfully. There's joy in this, and we think, and this is why I think it's really fascinating to look at the story of Mary. How she, how she begins, like she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, just like absorbed with him, like loving what he's saying, focused on him, her attention on him. And now and she like, like learns something from that and then, she, and then she somehow out of that learned, learns to serve Jesus. But it's not, Jesus hasn't said to her later on, he's going to say to her, Mary, uh, wash my feet, please. It's spontaneous. It's like this thing and she goes, oh, there's a need. And I'm just going, going to do this, and I'm going to, I'm going to anoint him. And she's like, like preparing him for his burial. How did she know that? He didn't tell her that. was like, oh, my goodness. There's like a prophetic thing going on here. There's joy in this. Whereas, whereas Martha, she was busy serving, but there was no joy in it. <laughs> she got distracted. Her service then was a distraction from Jesus. So we've got to hold these things in tension somehow. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, focused on Jesus, and like letting our service flow out of that. But then remember the promise of Jesus, what he said at the end of that passage that we looked at. If you know these things, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. There's a blessing in it too. Isn't this amazing? And some of you, some of you are already doing it. When I was thinking, when I was preparing for this during the week, and I was thinking about um, the people in our, in our church, I was going, there's some people here uh, that are just like, yeah, oh, it's like you, you are servants. And it's like you're wired to serve. And we see you like often beginning, you know, before the service or after the service, just finding ways of, of helping out and serving. And it's not just at church, because I know that's just an overflow of what you're doing in your, in your lives. And, and, you know, I just want to encourage you because you're being like the king. You're being like the king. We often talk about welcoming the king into the city. Uh, here, like we want to welcome the king into the city, and I reckon that the best way of doing that is, is by being like the king and to do what he says. And so the, uh, to those people that you're already wide this way, you're, you're being kingdom ambassadors. And for the rest of us, there's a challenge, and, and uh, I'm, I'm in the rest of us category, right? And it's like we have to intentionally look. Intentionally look for ways to serve. It's, it's laying down ourselves, laying down ourselves. Look for opportunities to wash each other's feet, to serve and to love. Looking for ways to live sacrificially. Uh, it doesn't happen naturally. But it does happen naturally when we are like Mary, like sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he says. Right. To live sacrificially, and it like involves like prioritizing others over ourselves, and uh, it it's not just at church. Like church is a great place to put that into practice. Like Jesus says to his disciples, wash each other's feet, and so in church we kind of like actually called to serve each other, and then we can kind of go out from this place and, and serve people that we that we don't know so well. Serve uh, serve the people of Wellington, but it's not just in church. You've got opportunities at home to serve, to serve your family. Uh, You've got opportunities at school to serve your school friends, workmates. And it, sometimes it seems like so little. It seems so mundane. It seems so boring. But this is how the world has changed. And like Jesus... Like if uh, like service, if service is laying down one's life, then Jesus changed the world. He changed history by laying down His life on that cross. This is how the world has changed, and this is how I'm finishing up. <laughs> so do you want to do you want to stand? I, I I think I've um um. There's things that I've said this morning that I think will, will percolate in your hearts and that will uh, they'll, they'll come to mind. You can't stand yet, stand yeah. sorry to make it awkward for you. Uh, We're only one standing, don't worry. <laughs> uh, this, is not, this is not a message to try to go, you've got to sign up for a team here. Although, yes, you can. We love that. We need more people to help. Um, but what if it was just sort of looking for, looking for ways, like spontaneous ways, whether asked to or not? Here at church, at home, you know what I'm saying walking in the feet of Jesus. So thank you, Jesus, that you are the, you're the word worker. You're the, you're the one, you, you practice what you preach. You're the, you're the king of kings and you set this example, getting down on your hands and knees and washing the, the feet of, of your followers. Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd just remind us of this, God. And you help us to do the same sort of thing, Lord, where we've got to almost like do uh, like almost like a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare in our own minds, and, and fight against the um, some of the consumer stuff that we're we're used to. To to fight even against that need to get ahead of others, but we look for look for ways to serve, and we and we see we kind of we talk to people, and we see what is it that uh, what is it that's actually going to help this person out, or in this situation. Help us, Lord, to be humble. Help us, Lord, to be, to be like you, to be servant leaders. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. We bless you, God. You are an incredible God. Thank you that you're the God of joy. You're the, not the God of burden. How, how uh, we, can, we can come to you and you'll actually lift off burdens. And as that burden is lifted off, then we find ourselves running with joy in the race that is set before us. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you today. Bless you today.